This is the Positive Psychology Podcast, episode 26. Welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast, bringing your earbuds the science of the good life. And now your host, Kristen Trumpy. Today I have Bratzo Pobridge with me, who is a certified positive psychology coach and a habits expert. Bratzo, how are you? I'm doing great, Kristen. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you. So let's jump right into it. Brushing your teeth is a fairly obvious habit. Now, what are not so obvious habits that people often forget? Hmm. What are so obvious habits that people often forget? Um... You know, people don't really think about habits because they're habits, right? So uh, we do so many things. You know, we don't think when we drive how we drive. We don't think when we tie our shoelaces how we do this. We don't think what we do first thing in the morning, right, or last thing before we go to sleep. But if we sit down and spend the time analyzing our habits, there is really a great exercise to understand what we do really well, meaning what we do that's good for us and what we do that's really not so great for us that we can then change them. Right. So if someone wants to evaluate their existing habits, what should they do? Mm, Okay. So here's what I suggest. Uh, You start thinking about from the time you wake up to time you go to sleep. So, you know, take like 30 minutes, sit down, take a piece of paper, pen ready, sit down in quiet you know, uh, a spot, make sure nobody bothers you, turn off your cell phone technology and so on, and think about, so what do I do when I wake up? So I hear the alarm, do I snooze it up? Do I stay a couple more minutes? Do I just get up? Then what's the next thing I do, right? Do I just go take a shower? Do I sit down and watch TV? Do I check my email? Then what do I do next? So as you go through this, then what do I have for breakfast? What time do I eat it? What do I eat for breakfast? Then you just write it down. What's the next thing I do and so on. So you go through your day, kind of like standard, you know, what do you usually do? And when you do that, you will be surprised how many things that you are going to list that you don't even know that you do. You don't think about it, that are not so great for you, but you're also going to find a lot of things that that are good for you, that you want to keep doing. And when you find things that are not so great for you, so let's say, let's say one of your habits, and a lot of us do this, and I used to do this, it took me a while to change it. As soon as I wake up, uh, well, first of all, I I do a couple of things, but, but one of the things I uh, used to do is check my email. And what that does is, at least for me, especially when I check my work email at 5 o'clock in the morning, you'll find something that I have to take care of it, and that will, like, ruin my day. I'm going to start working on it instead of taking this first 30 minutes for myself. So, so when you find these habits that are destructive for you, you know, you really want to work on changing them. And that's really the reason for this exercise of writing down things that you do throughout the day. Right. So um, how can we increase the likelihood of success? So let's say there are, you, you talk about the seven secrets to happy habits. Could you maybe select two of them and ta- tell us a little bit more? 
Sure. So, so let's think about seven secrets. And what are the things that we can do uh, to increase the chance of changing our habits? So one of the things is uh, what Sean Aker called 20-second rule. And I really love this idea. So let's say you want to start, give me an idea. What habits would you like to start? And let's take a real example. That would be cool. Um, getting, you know, decluttering, getting a little bit more order. Cool. So, so let's say you want to declutter your office, right? And uh, in my, I actually had the same problem. My office was a mess. Things are all over the place. And the reason we don't do this is because it's going to take us days to clean up, right? And, and that's why we just keep pushing it off. Our brain goes, well, it's going to take you forever. You don't have a time. Just leave it off. Don't do it. So instead, what you do is you just say, let me spend 20 seconds. Let me spend, in this case, if you're cleaning your office, let me spend two minutes. Two minutes a day, I'm going to pick up one thing and I move it to the place. I'm going to pick up another thing. Boom. I spend two minutes. I feel better. Your brain is going to give you a little bit of dopamine. So you're going to feel really good about it. So that the next day or the same day in the afternoon, you're going to go, well, you know what? That felt really good. I can spend 20 more seconds or two more minutes and move two more things. And as you do this, uh, you will feel better because you accomplished your goal. As you feel better, you will get some more dopamine. And that's really one of the coolest thing I discovered while, while doing research on habits. That is that we can release our own dopamine. And that's kind of another secret that's connected with this one, that we can release our own dopamine, uh, almost like dopamine on demand. So uh, in this case, as you do these things, and as you move stuff around, your brain goes, well, great job, buddy. Let me give you a little bit of dopamine. You feel better, and that will keep you going. Instead of saying, let me spend all day because you and I know it just doesn't happen, right? So, so that's, that's really one thing you can do. Um, the other thing you can do is uh, uh, you should really focus on one habit at a time. You know, I know I used to, some of us can, I used to, you know, uh, 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 put my goal to change five habits and it was difficult, but a lot of people really can't do this. So pick one, list five of them and pick one what's really important for you. So let's say, you know, you want to eat healthier or maybe, you know, you want to give me another habit, Kristen, that you might want to implement or change. Hmm. No, the... Sorry for putting you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No problem. Let me think. Hmm. How about, um, I'm sure you, you're probably working on, you do such a great job on this podcast, and I'm honestly so impressed, and I'm, I'm honored, and thank you for inviting me. Uh, I'm sure you're thinking of writing the book or publishing some more stuff out, right? Not in the near distant, you know, not not in this, you know, in the near future or anything. But yeah, let me, I don't know why. Like, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm more of a, I like to give stuff their time. Mm. So to be honest, I'm probably kind of the exact opposite of how you do things or how you propose to do things. Mm. Uh, so, so yeah, no, I, I understand. So I, I think for most of the people, you have to give it a time. You really have to be ready 
And 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 then you know one of the other secrets is that you know as you start thinking of what habit do I want to change, that means that well a you're not ready to to make some changes and b as you start thinking of changing the habit, you also must have a huge why. You must have a huge reason. You can't just say I'm going to start exercising because people say it's good. You can, but the chances are you're not going to start exercising because other people tell you it's good, right? Yep. You, you would start exercising, and, and I'll give you my example how I started. Uh, uh, well, I, I kind of went on and off. So I used to go to the gym all the time, then I stopped. Then about six years ago, uh, I got a job that is that was uh, extremely demanding, 24-7, um, running uh, 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 a global uh, financial, uh, for the global financial firm, all the technology uh, for the 24-7 trading, which it was really, it was really, really uh, demanding. And uh, I really didn't have time to do anything. So, uh, so I stopped, you know, exercising. And then about two years into the job, uh, it was just about four years ago that I started again, I, I, I looked for that big why. And, and I, when I started thinking, why do I want to exercise? So I'll feel good. So what? Right? I mean, you really... And then I realized how I lost my parents. They were both really young. And, and I didn't even finish a college when they both passed away. And I said to myself, I don't want to do this to my son. You know, he deserves to have me as long as he can. He deserves, you know, I, his hopefully children and my grandchildren deserve the time to be with me. And that was my big why. So I think finding that reason, finding that big why, uh, is is a is a huge uh, part of the changing your habits. Right. So there is such a thing as a habit loop, and that's mm. maybe something that people kind of run into trouble because they look at it as one thing, the habit. Can you talk a little mm. bit about the habit loop? Sure. So, so the habit loop, what happens is, it, this is really interesting because regardless what we do, and you know, we can think of physical habit, emotional thinking, and then I'll, I'll spend a minute on, on circle habits, which is something I, I think it's uh, very interesting and important um, that I discovered. But, but the, anything that we do, feel, or even think starts with the trigger. Something triggers it. Again, we don't think about it, but something does trigger it. So let's say there is a physical habit. Uh, and let's think of brushing our teeth, right? So some of us, what triggers it, as soon as we get up, boom, we brush our teeth. Some other people, uh, just before they leave for work. Uh, other people will do after they watch TV. I don't know what it is, but I guarantee you, if you start thinking about one of your habits, you will find out what triggers it. Another example is, you know, taking a bad example, uh, having a snack, having a cookies, something triggers it. Maybe it's while you watch TV, you have your cookies in front of you. Maybe it's immediately after dinner. But if it is habit, something triggers it. So, so that's a trigger. Uh, uh, another example is, let's say you go to a restaurant and you see the big menu and you see the burger there, you see the picture or you see your colleague orders the hamburger. Uh, I apologize for those uh, of listeners who don't eat meat. It's just an example. 
of trigger, and that kind of triggers you to have that burden. So that's that's a trigger. Then the next thing is the habit. So uh, the, the next thing is basically what happens. So so what happens? You you brush your teeth, and then is uh, so something triggers it, and the next thing you do. So you brush your teeth, you eat a burger, you know, you eat a snack, right? And then the third the third thing is what happens? You feel good about it, right? You get that reward at the end. So the reward is when you brush your teeth at the end, you feel good about it, you smell good, you're kind of ready to go to work. At least that's for me. Um, you know, you have a cookie, you're like, ah, oh, this is really great. I got all the sugar. So it's immediate. What, 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 what our brain focuses is immediate reward. So it will give you immediate reward. Just like when some people have a hamburger, it will give you that immediate reward. Immediately you feel good. But the problem with this reward is that your brain will give you a reward regardless if it's good for you or bad for you. So an example is eating that big hamburger, right? You will get reward because immediately you'll feel good. However, most of us later on will not feel that good. And we know that, you know, in the long run, if we have too many of these or too many of cookie, too many cookies, in the long run, that's not good for us. So, so we have to think about that the brain focuses on the immediate reward, regardless if it's good or bad. And then we need to identify, okay, you know, I can have this burger. I'm gonna, I know I'm going to maybe feel good immediately afterwards. However, in the long run, that's not good for me. So we have to think how to trick our brain to only uh, focus on what's immediate, what's a long-term good for us, rather than just short-term. That, does that explain? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So hang on, is getting rid of a habit, do you have to kind of take the same steps as you take when you, have, when you want to build a new habit? Hmm, that, that, that's a really great question. So, so here's a little secret, and, and it's really interesting. You can... Uh, what happens is when we create a habit, any habits, you know, from the, and this is really, you know, from the, you know, kind of like from the day that we were born all the way until we die. And I can, you know, connect a little bit about neuroplasticity and what happens to the brain. That brain really changes until the day we die. And what it does is it changes based on the things we do. So let's think about changing your habit versus creating new one. Your, the little secret is that your habit, the neural pathway that, you, that your brain creates, that's creating your brain, will never get deleted. It, it sounds weird, but once you create that neural pathway, and let's say you, um, uh, um, okay, let me give you actually a great example, changing your habits, changing your habits. So I used to um, drink Diet Coke. So I would go outside in my yard Saturday, go cut the grass, um, you know, get a little sweaty and tired, come back to the garage, open up the fridge, right on my eye level, there was a Diet Coke, take one and drink it. And I drink a couple while I'm, you know, cutting alone and being outside. And I realized that I need to change this habit. Diet Coke is not good for me. But based on the research, I knew that I cannot just easily say, some people can, right? Just cold turkey, no more Diet Coke. But I knew that's not, 
easy thing to do. So now I'm, I was working on uh, changing that habit, but leaving most of the habits element the same. So let me give an example. What does it really mean? Habits element. I'm outside. I'm cutting my lawn. I get a little sweaty. And that kind of tiredness and sweatiness and triggers me to have a Diet Coke. What do I do next? I open up the fridge, right? So everything is same to this point. Now what I did is to trick my brain. I pulled out. There was no Diet Coke in the fridge anymore. On the same level, on the same spot, on the same shelf, there was a water. So what happens is I now pick up a water, right? So my routine that's the next thing, right? Maybe I didn't explain clearly easily. So, I mean, uh, clearly last time. So you have this trigger, then you have a routine. So your routine, my routine was to drink the Diet Coke. Now I pick up a water, same trigger. My routine is I also going to drink something, but I'm drinking water instead. And my reward is I feel really good. You know, I was a thirsty. Now I'm not anymore. So you see how you can to change one habit you can keep certain elements. In my case, I kept the trigger the same, right? So I was tired, sweaty, thirsty. That's my trigger. I go to the garage. I open up the fridge. Everything is the same, right? I pick up a drink. Uh, my routine is almost the same. I'm drinking, but I'm drinking water instead of Diet Coke. And my reward is still, I still feel good about it. So this is how you can uh, change one habit, replace it rather with another habit. So you can replace a bad habit with a good habit by using this example. Right. So also what I hear you say or what it makes me think about is that I think a lot of people look at habits. It's like a battle of willpower kind of thing. Mm. But you're also talking about, you know what, actually, it's a lot about how you structure your environment. Yes. Ah, oh, great. That, that's great. You know, it's it's a. Uh, we can we can talk about willpower, but structuring environment. That's uh, oh my god. That is like awesome. I was uh, last night actually. I, I'm putting some another program based on habits, and and I uh, uh, I actually called uh, this lecture product placement. And if you think about environment, think about when you go to um, you know supermarket. What do they do? Think about how they strategically place every single product to make sure that you buy as much as possible. Think about what do they place next to register so that while you're standing in line, you can pick up a couple of snacks or whatever they have, unhealthy foods. So you can do the same thing with your environment. So let's say you want to eat healthier. So what you want to do is you want to prime your environment to be as healthy as possible. Hide or throw away. And in my case, honestly, I do have a little bit of junk foods and it's down in the basement. I mean, I have a pantry room downstairs, but I hide it. So there's a little chocolate that's not so good. I hide it uh, downstairs. But the rest, keep it away from your eye level. So when you open up the fridge, on the eye level, you really want to see good food, right? Um, in the kitchen, on uh, say in the kitchen, dining room on the table, you don't want to have a cookies. You want to have fruit. So you want to have your environment where everything is going back to the 20 seconds. 20 seconds uh, 
uh, away from you the bad stuff, right? And the 20, 20 seconds closer, the good stuff. So that's really what you want to do. You want a primary environment um, to, to, to help you establish your good, healthy habits. Right. So now, up until now, we've been talking mainly about physical habits. But what about mm. things like, you know, emotions or thoughts? Mm. Ah, that's, that's really great. You know, um, emotion and thoughts, we don't think of them as a habits. But, but believe it or not, as you said, they are habits also. We, we, we um, a lot of time, unconsciously, subconsciously, we establish these habits. So, so let me give you one emotion habits that that um, that 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 I I I had. I went through analyzing my habits. I discovered what was going on and I fixed it. So, and it's funny when I said I fixed it, right? We don't really fix emotions, but we can we can change them. We can change them to feel better. So, uh, I have uh, I I have my reading time from eight p.m. to nine p.m. is my reading time. And anything that distracts that, it, it just uh, um, doesn't give me, you know, if I have a less reading time than an hour, it doesn't give me as much pleasure, as much dopamine as I like to get. So at one point I realized that often uh, around 8.30, 8.45, 9 o'clock, I'll just get upset and I'll just be, I have no clue why, but I'm just not as nice to my wife as I used to be. And this happened a couple of times. And she asked me, like, what's going on? And I, I said, I really don't know. I, I have no clue. Why am I so, you know, what's going on? Then I started analyzing that habit. Became a habit, unfortunately. So here's what happened. 8 to 9 p.m. is my reading time. But during that, you know, there's a couple of months time frame where I had, we had some issues with another business. And unfortunately, I had to work on this, you know, other business during that time, it would be 9 o'clock, 9.30, I got, go to bed, and I didn't do my reading, and I'm upset. Had nothing to do with my partner, but the way I acted was that as if, you know, she did something wrong, which was, and I mean, even if she did, <laughs> there's no way to, to, no reason to act uh, wrongly, right? So, but, so, so I noticed that uh, uh, any time when something like this happened, and I wouldn't have enough of my reading time, one hour, that just I would be upset. So I said, okay, now I caught it. I analyzed it. I know what triggered it. What triggered it was this real estate business. My routine was that I would do this business instead of uh, instead of uh, uh, doing my reading. And the reward, you know, again, call it reward. But my brain would say, well, now you're really upset. Here's your reward. Here's your immediate reward. Uh, here's your emotions. And... Uh, so when I caught it, I was able to analyze and to say, hold on, uh, these things will happen. And there is a time that I will not have full hour of reading time. And that is okay because uh, that will override that is more important at that time. And then I should feel good because I accomplished the goal. So I immediately, after I analyzed and was able to understand what happened, I was able to change my habit. So that's one example of emotional habit. Um, there's another example. Uh, uh, two days ago, actually, there's a still, and I looked through the window, there's a still a lot of snow outside. I, I live in New Jersey. But the, two days ago, there was a beautiful, you know, four to six inches white all the outside when I woke up. And as soon as I looked through the window, uh, immediately brings me to thinking habit. 
brings me back to my home city, Sarajevo, in Bosnia and Herzegovina, where I grew up. And uh, that's where I spent a lot of time as a kid on the snow, going outside, you know, on a sled, just playing with our friends. And immediately it would bring that thinking habits back to home, which is really, you know, interesting when we start thinking how many of these thinking habits and, and emotional habits we have uh, when we start analyzing. And, uh, and Chris, one more thing I wanted to say, which uh, I don't think you will really find this in any literature. Um, I believe I coined this term, but, you know, uh, 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 if somebody else wants to claim that, that's okay, too. Something I call circle habits. And, and I really think that's important. Uh, you know, Dr. Na Dana Marino, actually, uh, when she um, when she read this, she, she wrote like a couple of blogs and she keeps talking to her clients about it. And, and what I call circle habit is how many times we keep telling ourselves, oh, I'm going to have to... You know, I'm going to have to um, clean my uh, basement. Oh, I'm going to really have to take care of my, uh, my office and, you know, declutter. And, and we keep telling this to ourselves, right? Do you have any, by, by any chance, anything you keep telling to yourself you yeah. really need to do? Precisely those things. <laughs> okay, so, so he, he, here's, here's the thing. This is what I call circle. You keep telling to yourself, I really need to declutter my office. And then you keep saying, you keep saying, but you do nothing about it. And now, you know, I, I'm going to make up a little story. Of course, it doesn't go like this. But your brain goes, well, are you going to spend any time on it or not? If not, I'm not going to help you either. But you feel bad. Don't you feel bad that you still have that clutter in your office? <laughs> Sometimes I get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm and glad. I practice I'm a lot of acceptance and that kind of thing, so... But yeah, of course, you. sometimes I feel bad. Otherwise, I wouldn't mention it. And now, I mean, I, I, and so and we, we shouldn't. I mean, I do too about a lot of things. Um, actually, there was another one just this morning my wife and I were talking about. Uh, so I need to work on my circle habits too. But here's what happens. Unfortunately, seriously, many of us feel bad. And that's not good. Why should we feel bad? So, so instead... Uh, and you go in a circle, right? It's a loop. You just go into the circle. You keep saying, I have to do it. You don't do it. And then you kind of feel bad that you didn't do it. So instead, any habit that you want to do, you know, you keep telling yourself you want to change the way you eat. You keep telling yourself you have to exercise. You keep telling yourself you have to whatever, right? Instead, you do this. Um, when I wanted six years ago to implement again my exercise habits, I realized that I had such a demanding job. I got up at five o'clock in the morning you know, quickly get ready, go to work. I get late, six, seven, eight, nine o'clock. I'm so tired, I, I can't do it. So I said, look, forget about keep telling myself I have to exercise. Instead, I'm going to put this off for three months. So you put the date, you say, you know, give it three months, six months, whatever it is. And you say, for three months, I'm not going to think about this at all. Because, I, you know, for whatever reason, I don't have time or I just don't want to do this, right? Put it off for three months. Don't think about it. Come back three months later. Revaluate. Can I do this now? Am I ready? Do I have my big why? Do I have my reason? Right? And if you still don't feel like you can do this for any reason, put it off again. Right? Don't just keep asking yourself every day. And then come back and say, okay, that's what I did with exercise. So two years, I haven't done almost, you know, no exercise. And I, you know, I 
kept feeling feeling bad about it until I discovered this uh, that that was my circle habit. And then that's exactly what happened. When I was ready, it took me two years almost. But you know, I, I revalidated every three months. And and then that's it. Then you say, okay, now I'm ready. You know, Nike, let's just do it. <laughs> so that's that's really how you uh, discover and um, and uh, close that loop on a circle habit. I think it's really important. I really like that concept. And I think what is important about it is there is a cost. If you think about it and you constantly feel bad, for one, you, of course, reinforce feeling bad about yourself in many ways. So that's one thing. And the other thing is there's this cost that we pay if we kind of try to do something half-heartedly and we fail and we kind of undermine our confidence if we keep doing this. So I like this idea of just saying, you know what, now is not the time. Let's put it off. It's actually the opposite of what people want to make you do, I guess. But this is probably makes much more sense than feeling guilty about it for six months. Yeah, you know what? You're absolutely right. This I didn't even think about it. You pro- it is probably opposite of what most people think. You're right. But, uh, I mean, I, 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 I believe it's a really great tool to use um, to, to eventually start changing your habit but not feel bad about, you know, not doing it. Because we all want to do the right thing, but life happens, right? I mean, when I said life happens, the other day I called, uh, uh, again, with some other business, had some issues, and, and I called my attorney. And she's such a great lady, Irene. And, uh, you know, Irene supports my work and she knows everything that I do. And I go, you know, Irene, even the happiness experts really need some help. I'm like, you know, I really feel bad. And here's what I need, you know, I need you to help me. And it's exactly what she said. Life happens. And that's right. Life happens. We can't be, you know, you know we're not going to be successful at everything all the time because that's unrealistic. And we're also not going to be happy all the time because that's unrealistic, right? So, <laughs> right. And I mean, to be honest with you, I actually thought about, you know, once it occurred to me, what would happen if all of us could easily implement every, every habit that we wanted to. And once I thought through that, I kind of had this vision of a world where, I don't know, everybody does yoga, mm-hmm. everybody is a vegan, and um, there's nothing wrong with these things. I mean, I'm a vegetarian myself. Um, I don't practice yoga, but I like other sports. And But it seemed to me that like people would be very streamlined, like very, there would probably not be that much diversity if we could all instantly get, you know, the, I don't know, if all of us were clean and everything and exercise exactly half an hour a day or an hour or whatever it is. It, I don't know, it seems like there is some weird little benefit to the fact that some we all succeed at establishing habits, but different ones. Of course, of course. And, and you know, we don't want to become robots, right? I mean, that's another thing that some people argue. And, and actually, some people argue that, you know, just changing all these habits, we don't want everything to become habits. We don't want to become robots. We want to think. We want to be mindful. Uh, habits are good. And, you know, this brings me to interesting, uh, interesting point. Um, uh, I, I'm sure you know of Dr. Ellen Langer. You know, we, we yep. call it mother of mindfulness. And uh, so, so when I when I finished my book Habits and Happiness, Dr. Linga was really uh, 
she actually received the very first copy of that book for pre-release version. And, uh, and she, we, he and I had discussion, she read it, and, and she came back to me. She said, you know, it's a really great book. I really enjoyed it, but, but I have a little problem endorsing it. And I said, of course, just, you know, understand. And she said, you know, the problem is that my entire life I worked on mindfulness and habits are mindless. So I started thinking about it. I just, I just couldn't, you know, I knew she's right. So then I interviewed her and we had another discussion. And, and I said, you know, Dr. Langer, you are right. Habits are mindless. But in order to establish habits, we have to be mindful, right? Yeah. In order to establish certain habits. Now, there are certain habits that we just do, right? We drive, we know how to you know, tie shoelaces, we brush our teeth. But if you want to, you know, hey, you want to start exercise, you, it doesn't just happen. You have to be mindful about, you know, doing exercise. You have to be mindful about, you know, uh, 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 meditation. I mean, you know, anything. You have to be mindful if you want to eat slower, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Right. So is there anything you would like to add about habits that you think is important that our listeners understand so that they can go on on their habit journey? Sure. Well, uh, I think what's really important is that uh, everybody, we all have to look at our lives and decide what's important for us. What habit do we really want to implement? That's number one. We should also look at the research. And the research shows that, you know, a lot of things such as journaling and mindfulness and meditation and yoga uh, will improve our well-being. But like I said, that's all good. And some of us, you know, like myself, I love reading research and, 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 and coming and testing it on my own life. But other people, they just have to look at their life and, uh, and, uh, and decide um, what habit they want to implement. You know, it might have to do something with the happiness, it may not have anything to do with happiness. It may have to do with, you know, I want to become more successful, which means that there are certain habits I need to establish. You know, get up at five o'clock, uh, you know, spend an hour, uh, you know, doing certain things that I don't usually do and so on. But I think that's, that's really the key. Find a habit that's important for you. Find a good why and, and, and you'll implement it. All right. So where can f people find out more about you, Bratso? Hey, thanks. Uh, so, uh, so there are a couple of things. Um, I recently published the book Habits and Happiness, and uh, uh, you can find that you know on Amazon.com or some other websites. Um, I also um, uh, started doing uh, some online training. I do a lot of uh, I do a lot of workshops uh, in person. And um, I, I have to come to visit you in Switzerland shortly. Uh, I haven't really done much traveling. Uh, so most of the workshops are local. But I also do online training. So uh, some of the online programs that I have are on a website called udemy.com. That's U-D-E-M-Y.com. And they can uh, either just search for my name as an instructor uh, and they can find the courses. And by the way, you know, I, I, we didn't talk, but I would like to offer um, your listeners uh, uh, some large discount on anything that I can. So any of my programs, I would like to offer 90% off the regular price. So they would just pay 10% uh, 
uh, of, of regular price. And uh, I will create, uh, Kristen, I'll create a special coupon. And why, should we just call it, give it your first name? What, Kristen? Yeah. Okay, sure. There we go. So I'll create a coupon, Kristen, for your listeners. So when they go to udemy.com and they search for my name or search for happiness, actually right now is really number one happiness program on, on, on there. And I think they have like more than 7 million registered users. And actually I have, uh, I think almost 3,000 registered uh, uh, course participants. So, so they can just use this coupon at, at the checkout and uh, they will only pay 10% of what the cost is. Wow, thank you very, very much. I did not expect that. You're very welcome. I, I just came up with it. <laughs> I didn't think about it. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> did not talk about this. <laughs> All right, great. Thank you very much for your time. And um, how do you say happy habits as a, as a catchphrase to kind of stop, you know, to say goodbye? Yeah, happy new habits. Happy new habits. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help us out by sharing it with your network and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love to hear from you at kristen at strengthphoenix.com. For show notes and more, head over to www.strengthsphoenix.com. Thanks for listening to the Positive Psychology Podcast. We're saying goodbye with Happy Yogurt. <laughs>